Gypsy is eventually adapted into the movie Gypsy, which is Natalie Wood, which brings us to our second part. Yeah. Yes. Our second part, Rose is, is haunting them. Gypsy dies of cancer, I think, in 70. And June Haver, Havoc lived until she was 90 years old in 2010. So go to Gypsy. Yes. <laughs> so Natalie is born to a woman named Maria Gurdon, and Maria was born in 1908. She flees during the Russian Revolution, and again, she's another one. She has dreams of being a star. She's going to be a ballerina, you know. She's going she's gonna to do all this stuff. Of course, it doesn't work out. Um, she comes over, or sorry, she marries a guy, his name's Alexander. She gives birth to a daughter named Olga. You know, I didn't even know about Olga. I read Natasha and I must've totally blanked it out about Olga. Poor Olga. I know. I just knew about Natalie and Lana. I didn't know about Olga. So go on about Olga. (laughs) Olga's a horrible name though. So, um, yeah, it is. If your name is Olga, I'm sure it's beautiful to you. And you so we we actually love Olga's, but we don't really love the name. (laughs) Yeah, it's just it's just not it's not our our first choice in name. It's very Olga. Um yes. No, I I had a professor named Olga and she was great. Um but anyway. Regardless of regardless of the Olgas, uh, you know she. But you know she Maria's not happy with this guy, and she meets a man named Nicholas Zacharinko, which I'm probably butchering that. But we're just that gonna sounds go really it. good. <laughs> sounds perfect. Uh, how they pronounce Russian names sounds right. Yeah. No. Uh, anyways, she's you know sitting there and she's meets this guy and she's still married to Alexander, and she's just like this Nicholas man is wonderful. That's the man for me, and so she sits there and she you know leaves her husband and she's living with Nicholas and she. Yes. And she becomes pregnant and there's a whole big to do about it. So then when she's, you know, four or five months pregnant, she marries Nicholas. And then of course, later she has Natasha and she looks at Natasha and this is supposedly where the gypsy thing comes in. And I'm not using that in the derogatory way. I'm just, you know, saying what they use. They, you know, it was described as a quote unquote gypsy fortune teller Uh tells her that when she was fleeing during the revolution, 
that her second daughter would be so beautiful that she would be known around the world and that she would fear and that they also need to fear dark water. So that's where that comes in. And Marina looks at this baby and she's like, you are going to be, you know, you, you are it. You are going to become a star this is going to be a whole thing. And basically she, she's determined to make it that little Natasha becomes a movie star. And I mean, she succeeds. She follows them. She goes to Santa Rosa while they're making shadow of a doubt. Hitchcock's movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So she watched that and she would go anywhere you know, she watched Hitchcock and there was this humongous story because the girl that played Anne in Shadow of a Doubt, the little girl, little brainiac, was actually a kid from uh, that place, never acted before, Edna May Oliver. And she, no, that's that old lady. I, I know her name is Edna. I don't remember her last name. She's very good. So they would hang around. And mom would find out wherever anything's going on and hang around. Yeah, no. And this big thing is, is that she finds out that Irving Pischel, who's a director, is sitting there and he's, you know, making a movie. And I don't know exactly how she gets in, but miraculously she does. And she tells, you know, Natasha, go sit on this man's lap. And of course, Natasha's five. And he's like, and Pichelle sits there, you know, and he's just like flabbergasted, you know, here's this beautiful little girl who should be in the movies. And that's really how Natalie gets discovered. Go sit in that man's lap, you know, really. But, it, yeah. you know, now that would not go over then. I guess it was okay. But it was this whole weird thing with it. Was he, is he the one who was directing the one with Orson Welles? Yes. Somewhere or something. Claudia Colbert was in it. And that was Natalie's first job. And um, she was really good in that. She really was adorable. And it was her first film. And she was so teeny. But those big, beautiful brown eyes. She was very good. She actually was very good in that film. She is. She's she's a very pretty girl. And, you know, this, like, starts a career for her um but with Pinchel, did you read this which is really weird that there was some kind of i don't know it was about like adopting natalie and there was paperwork yes. and all he thought she was so beautiful whatever and i couldn't make anything out of that i didn't understand if that was true why they put it in the book you know what do you think? Yeah, no, he apparently, I, from what I have gathered, he wanted to adopt her, but I don't think it ever got to the point where they were sitting there, like, going through it like that. You know, I don't think Maria would have let it happen like that. No, I think she honest, wanted to be too, too, she wanted to be near Natalie and part of it, not, and if he took over Natalie, yes, he... He did, he told at some point that he didn't think she should be in show business. Right. He says to Maria after, you know, the whole, the whole lap thing, <laughs> um, you know, this just, this isn't, 
you know, Hollywood isn't going to be good for this little girl. So Maria's response, of course, to that is, oh, okay, well, let's move to Hollywood. (laughs) Um, you know, and this is, you know, it, it was on the set of Happy Land. That that's where they. That's oh, that's where right. She, yeah, she's on the set of Happy Land, um, which of course stars Donna Michi and Francis D. Um, but you know, she she's gonna sit there and you know take her kid and push her in there. Um, the Orson Welles one is on, uh, tomorrow is forever. Mm-hmm. And Natalie, you know, obviously Natasha couldn't, that name couldn't stick Natasha Zakarenko. So they changed her name to Natalie Wood. So Natalie is on set and she can't get herself to cry. And there are two stories to this and they're both pretty horrifying. The first is that Maria whispers into Natalie's ear, just imagine that your whole family's dead. And it's like giving like, you know, I guess accent details, like trying to make it grisly to upset this little girl. <laughs> so that's when she starts sobbing and they film her on set. This the is the other, worst one. Yeah. <laughs> the other is that Maria gets a butterfly somehow she obtains a butterfly supposedly there's butterflies on in a jar and she takes a butterfly and she rips it to pieces in front of natalie yes yeah and she you know sits there and natalie is just horrified and she's bawling so whether it's grisly death of her family members or seeing a butterfly get ripped up it's one of the two and she's able to cry. Sob and, uncontrollably. The yeah. poor little baby. What a beast. That poor butterfly. I know. I tend to imagine that Maria probably did both. Yeah, she sounds like, you know, that's evil. That's what serial murders do. Like, you know, take the wings off of butterflies. And, you know. Exactly. To make your kid cry. That's really beastly. I'm sorry. Exactly. Um, so, you know, she's just, she's a pretty horrible person. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, so she's, you know, sitting there and she's, you know, like just doing this and she is, you know, most of these moms we talk about, they sit there and they're difficult, they're horrible, but once their kid is famous, they kind of back off a little bit. I mean, the studios might pay them to kind of be a handler, but they for the paid, most part, they paid her too, didn't they? They paid. Yeah, they pay. They pay Maria, and they'll hand you a handler, but they'll usually these stage bombs will usually just kind of back off on a lot of things and just say, you know here you go, you know, like, here's my kid. If you need my help, just let me know. Maria is not like this. Maria is involved every second of the day that Natalie is on set and she is going to tell her exactly what to do. And she is just so overbearing. I I, I think out of all of the stage moms we've covered, I would say that Maria is probably the most overbearing and that is saying a lot, uh-huh. but she just, she can't, you know, she just, she doesn't, 
do anything besides, you know, control this poor little girl. Of course, the big thing, the story most people know uh, to kind of put her into perspective is when Natalie breaks her wrist during the filming of The Green Promise. And, you know, obviously her wrist is broken. It needs to be a cat in a cast. And Maria's just sitting there and she's like, nope, you don't need no stinking cast. <laughs> and so she just sits there and Natalie never gets a cast. And of course, it heals funny. And she'll always have this bump on her wrist because of it that she likes to cover, or she tries to cover, I should say, with um, an assortment of like bangles and bracelets throughout her life yeah. because she has this big, large bump. Yeah, because her mother didn't want her to, you know, get replaced. Yeah, she doesn't want her to get replaced and she doesn't want her to like lose out on potential roles. Beast. Um, Very beastly. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's just that's just what she has to do for the rest of her life is just hiding this bump on her that wrist. Poor kid, you know. Uh, it is. She is. And then, of course, you know, Maria doesn't really let her grow up either. She forces her to wear pigtails until finally Natalie gets sick of it and she cuts them off. And she's like, I'm not, you know, doing that anymore. She did Miracle on 34th Street. And I think that's where everybody um, first became aware of Natalie because, you know, the one that she did with Orson Welles was, is sort of obscure, but yes, like that. Even, you know, when I was a kid, you know, they'd have Miracle on 34th Street on in the afternoon sometimes or some, you know, during Christmas time. And um, that's how I knew Natalie. That's how I knew well, her. No, exactly. And I think a big thing with it, too, is like Natalie is consistently working during all of this. But I would say there's really and this isn't a dig towards her. It's just her growing up. There's really nothing that's like major gigantic between miracles. And the year difference between them. But, I mean, she's making, on average, two movies a year during that time. But it's just, you know, those are, like, the the big ones. And, of course, a lot of times she's co-starring in them. She's not, you know, the focus. Well, this one is interesting. Did you see the star? She plays Betty Davis's daughter. And Betty is a yes. time lush. And she's driving her on. Come on, Oscar, baby. Let's go for a ride. Because she's broke and they're like <laughs> taking out all her money. And uh, she has nowhere to live. And so this guy, this big lug, <laughs> bails her out. Sven, whatever. <laughs> I love him. I love this actor. But he, you know, in that, he was just terrible. And she goes to work <laughs> in a department store. And they say, I wonder if that's Margaret Elliott. I wonder. They're like these two old battle axes. And Betty says, listen, you two old bags. I am Margaret Elliott. And I'm not going to wait on you. That's my favorite part of the movie when these women are doing that. And she leaves. Why would he tell her to go work in a, gro- in a super? 
There's nothing wrong in working in a department store. But you know what? Can't she take a little break from her acting? <laughs> Let her settle into life that she doesn't have anywhere to live and she's living with you. Right. To, to make her get a job there and get abused. Come on. No, exactly. But, but Natalie was in her, my point with Natalie was sort of in her in between years because you could see she had a little bit of acne and her voice was kind of cracking a little bit. But she also had to go in the water and she did not want to go in the water. And Betty Davis, you know, fought for her to not have to go in the water. So she, uh, I, I don't know if they made the tank. They had to do this for a few times because poor Natalie often had to go into water. And, um, but Betty fought for it and I think they got a stunt person for her. So she, she was in the water. That was that. But, um, I think that was her first movie. She had to go in the water, but there were many, many, many creepy. Yeah, no, there, there, there's definitely a lot with water, um, over the course of her career. Um, you know, and then of course she does Rebel Without a Cause in 55. That comes out in 55. And that introduces the world to grown-up Natalie, who's all of 16. But, you know, it's it's grown-up Natalie. She's going to do it. She's going to, you know, be be the star. And Maria's just right there. I mean, you know, Maria, though, isn't supportive in a lot of ways um and she kind of takes that out on natalie's personal life to be honest with you you know she she makes natalie break up with her high school boyfriend so that she can go out with you know big name older actors in hollywood frank sinatra yeah. Why didn't she, well he she wasn't that much younger than Mia Farrow or something like that, but and also Raymond Burr. I mean what was that about? I think Natalie liked him. I don't she did a movie with him where he played like um a crazy guy and they got along great and they were really good friends, but she was a child and wasn't she having an affair with Nicholas Ray, the director of Rebel yes. Without a Cause? Yeah. Um because there's there have been many stories about why how she got that role. Uh, I think she would have gotten it regardless. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, Jane tried out for for the role of Judy and Rebel Without a Cause, and she didn't get it. And she was also seeing Nicholas Ray during that time because uh, Nicholas Ray really got around. But going off on a tangent. Um, you know, and Nat- Natalie's mom, though, I mean, she's just, she is here every step of the way, and she really gets involved and will argue with the studio about things. You know, if she doesn't think a role is good enough for her daughter. You know, and it, Natalie consistently works, so I can't say that Maria scares them off, but I do think that Maria makes people probably second guess working with Natalie. I, I don't know. I, is she I, worth I it? It's, yeah. Is it worth it? Can we, it's Natalie worth dealing with this woman. Right. And she kind of gets, I mean, she has some good roles in there. Don't get me wrong. Like I would say the searchers is, you know, a decent film to appear in, but she has other stuff in there that just really, you know, 
hasn't aged well, especially her, you know, partnerships with Tab Hunter, like the Burning Hills and the yes. girl he left behind. And it's it has nothing to do with, you know, either actor's ability to act or anything like that. But it's just they're kind of like eh movies. Yeah, clunks. Clinkers. Yeah. And also, uh, she did the one with Raymond Burr. That was terrible. It was really a terrible movie. And I can't remember the name of it, but I guess that's when she started seeing him. And that's when he had the story that he was married and his his wife and his child died in a car accident. But in truth, Raymond was gay. I wonder if everybody knew that in Hollywood. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's a good question. Um, and that that movie is a cry in the night because um, Edmund O'Brien is is also in it. But yeah, that, Raymond Burr was just a very he's a very complicated person. Uh, but yeah, like you said, he comes up with this whole this gigantic song and dance about his past life that just isn't true. Uh, but Natalie really, you know, gains her career, I guess you could say, when she's in her 20s and she's doing things like Splendor in the Grass, West Side Story, Gypsy, Sex and the Single Girl. Like, that's really when she picks up is in the early to mid-60s. Yeah, and that's when... How old was she when she saw Robert Wagner, RJ, and said, I'm going to marry him? I think he was 10 years older than her, right? Yeah, I think she was like maybe 17. They got married. She was 18. Yeah. No, they get, they got married pretty quickly. So, I yeah, I think she's like 16, 17 when that happens. Um, and they get married, and then, of course, they get married in 57. And then, of course, they get divorced in 62, and then they remarry in 72. And, you know, they're, they're together until she dies in 81, and I, I don't want to go into anything with her death. No, me um, either. I know you don't either. Because we don't um, know, and I would never even speculate. Only Natalie and the people who were there know, and we will never know. So, exactly. But what I want to say is um, they had— Rumor. She she did Splendor in the Grass with, um, I like that movie, with Warren Beatty, and I thought he was good in it as well. And I liked the woman who played his wife, Angie, at the farm. And um, she met him. And the rumor, there's two rumors. She left Robert Wagner, and she let it be that way for um, Warren Beatty. But the other one says is she walked in on him with another man. Those are the two conflicting things, and she did not want to. She just let it be that way. So, you know, who knows? I don't know. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's my thing with it. We're just, we're never going to know. No, no. But those uh, are the, that was about reasoning either or. So Right. Um. But, yeah, no, 62 sees the release of Gypsy, and, of course, Natalie Wood, is horribly miscast as Gypsy Rosalie, but I think she does she does very good in the role. I have to say, she genuinely does, but she is just you're not gonna look at her and see Gypsy Rosalie. No, she's also tiny. I think Yeah. I think Natalie Wood's like five foot one and Gypsy was five foot eight. And that doesn't matter, but in some ways it does in the way 
you move because Chipsy Rosalie was there helping Natalie, you know, with her moves and with things like that. And, um, you know, she did. She did. You know, maybe she was not the best person to be cast as Gypsy Rosalie, but she did a good job. She she does, and she does all of her own. <clears throat> sorry, she does all of her own singing in the movie. You know, and obviously she does her own dancing. She just she's not she's not a great a great person to be cast in that role, but she makes it her own, and I do have to give her credit for that. Of course, there are a lot of people who say that Rosalind Russell is actually the one who steals the show. Is you know Rose, um, and it's. It's it's a decent adaptation. I'm not going to say it's the best adaptation you'll ever see, but it's a decent adaptation. It's, you know, very gypsy and rose-centric, and, you know, that's just what it is. And also, I don't know what, whose book I read, whether it was Dune or Gypsies. I'm confused. Um, and they said, oh, no, I was reading it. It was from the book I'm going to read about Mother Rose, um, that woman who wrote the book, she said that uh, he said it was 75%, you know, fiction. They added, you know, because there was no Carl Malden, there was no certain things, and that they had kind of spruced it up a little bit. They, They had, and it's, you know, I think my thing with it is it's not necessarily a disrespectful you know, biopic, it gets their personalities across, but it's like they're all put in fictional situations. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that's just, that's just what it is. You know, it's just, they, they've done that and they've done their thing and they're, you know, they're all happy with it. Gypsy's happy with it. Natalie's happy with it. You know, and I, I guess that's the main thing, but I do think, when Natalie, you know, is making that movie that she has to see the connections between her own mother and, you know, Miss Rose. I'm sure. Definitely. You know, and, you know, Maria obviously outlives Natalie by like 18 years. She dies in the late 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah, Natalie married some guy in between, and, and I don't think the mother ever liked Robert Wagner, but she married Gregson, and she had her daughter Natasha with him, and then, I don't know, they had this kind of click, and she and Robert Wagner got together again in 72, and they had their own child, and his daughter Katie would live with them as well, and they always took care of Natalie's mother, you know, they always, you know, she talked to Natalie every day until she died. And um, when, you know, and when she found out Natalie was dead, she was inconsolable. And and her sister, as you call her, the crazy aunt. Now I'm reading this story and this never came up. You know, she just changes stories. You know, the crazy aunt, Lana, because she writes more books and she writes more books. But he cuts mm-hmm. her off. And Nat and she says her mother starts screaming, it should have been you. It should have been you about Lana. That never happened. No one ever wrote that book. Nobody ever said that that happened. Um, she was just distraught that her daughter died. And um, she did. How much longer did she live? She lives like 
almost 20 years after Natalie dies. I mean, she, she keeps going. Um, you know, and I just, I don't think it's horrible or I, I think obviously her death's horrible, but I don't think her relationship with her mom is horrible at the end. I think that, you know, Natalie really realizes that most of the time her mom was trying to do what she thought was best. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, Natalie does have a lot of issues and those issues aren't resolved, you know, because Natalie obviously dies unexpectedly. She sees but, it shrink every day. Natalie did. Yeah. Before she died. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think she has love for her mom. Yeah. Unlike some of the other ones we have talked well, about. Judy certainly did not. Judy had no love for her mom. I don't know about Gypsy Rosalie and June. Um, I don't know if they had love for their mom. I think they were scared of her because <laughs> they knew she yeah. was vicious. She could just turn uh, I think most of them. I mean, Judy did, Ginger, Jean, Harlow, they loved their mothers. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, did Betty? I mean, I think Betty Grable's mother was pretty rotten, too. I just wasn't too great, crazy about her. But um, as Deborah asks, and I ask you all to wonder yourself, April, if you could... If it's possible to pick the worst, because there are parts of them that I think are the worst, and I'm I'm eeny, meeny, miny, mo on some. Who do you think is the worst? I would say Ethel Gum yes. is the worst. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, because what she did to Judy with those drugs and with her pushing and just her her being complicit and this dieting and this horrible thing and what she did to her daughter. I say she is numero uno and Judy's hatred of her was so deep. What what she she got the first time she got married, that's when she cut off Ethel, right? That was like we're done. Uh, no, Ethel's partnering up with David. She really cuts her off after she has Liza. Because she oh, sees Ethel right. trying to push Liza into, you know, becoming famous. And Liza says she wants to become famous. And yeah. Judy's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, so I do too. I agree. I think Ethel Gum is the worst. She just got her daughter addicted to drugs. The more, you know, you build up this tolerance. She's a child. It messes with your brain chemistry. I, you know, my I had a drug addict brother, but my mom and dad did not put him on drugs. He took him himself since he was 13, and now he's deceased. But I saw what that did to him and the chemicals and the imbalance and all that stuff. And for Judy, you know, would her life have been different had she not been constantly on all these drugs and have to give more drugs and more and more to work? You know, you as years go by, you have to just kind of shove these things in your mouth to get them to work or get new drugs. Yeah, no, exactly. And I just, you know, Ethel just had this never-ending ambition. And it's really not for her daughter's sake. It's for her own sake. Yeah, and then um, her, her horrible death all alone in that car. 
after working a shift. And like you said, people in Hollywood went after Judy for that. And um, I don't know. You know, maybe she should have helped her mother get buried or something. But she did, didn't she? She did bury her mother. She, she did. And I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm trying to think of all of our moms. So we have Leela Rogers. First we started Jean, with Jean, yeah. Yeah, Jean Sr., Lillian, Ethel, Rose, and Maria. So my final pick, I think, for best stage mom would actually be Leela. Me too. I think they have the healthiest relationship out of all of them. Ginger I loved her. They were best friends. Men, men yeah. had no place in her life. It was exactly five marriages. Yes. But, yeah. You know, I think she's a horrible person. Yes. But in a conniver. I have to get words scenes. to you. Yeah. Yeah. I have to get words to you. I would say. Ginger adored her. Exactly. I would say next would be Jean Sr. Uh-huh. Because I think that even though she and Harleen had, you know, a very complicated relationship at times and she could be overbearing, we know obviously that she wasn't sitting there withholding treatment from her that caused, you know, Jean's liver For or years, kidney failure. years, that went on. For years. Yeah. I thought and that. Well, it's such a repeated story, so I don't blame anyone for thinking it. But I have to say, I I would say that. Then I would say Lillian Grable. Again, not the best mom. Locking the kid in the closet. Yeah. Second place, slap her face. (laughs) Exactly. She does some pretty bad things, but Betty does love her, and I can't ignore Betty's feelings. Exactly. And Betty does have her own life and her own career. Right. So it's not like her mother is, you know, they're umbilical umbilical cord is like attached there yeah i mean they 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 separate and i mean she helps lillian and lillian does you know visit her on set once a week up until basically that she dies but there's she died not, before betty she did die before betty um she she dies in uh, the 60 like 64 65 i think off the top of my head um you know, so Lillian sits there and she, you know, just does her thing. But I think overall they have a healthier relationship. It's just Lillian's not the most comforting mom. Right. That's, she just um, doesn't have that nurturing and warm kind of way. Right. Exactly. Um, I would say, to be honest with you, that, and I think it's good we did them in a joint episode. I think Rose and Maria are tied. And I, I do think too. They're they're both like the same level of bad, but they're bad for different reasons. But then again, this is my thing about Rose and and Maria. Natalie actually wanted a family. She had one. She had a husband. So she had some semblance of what she wanted in her life. You know, so whereas the other two were, you know, kind of up and down. But I guess you're right. They, they, you know, you put the weight there and, you know, kind of teeter-totter. So it can go either way. Right. Yeah. They're, uh, 
I, yeah, I think you're right. I think if I had to pick one, I'd say Maria and then Rose, but they're pretty, they're pretty close on a lot of things. And then obviously, as we have just discussed, Ethel is the worst stage mom. She was horrible. Oh, we also did Shirley Temple. Oh, I forgot. We have Gertrude Temple in there, too. Let me think where I would put Gertrude. I would actually probably put Gertrude. Um, okay, I would do Leela, Jean Sr., Lillian, Gertrude, Maria, Rose, and Ethel. Me, too, because I think her stealing all that money from her daughter is despicable. Her daughter worked her butt off. She made Shirley... You know, and she worked her butt in those 50. I'm going to try the I have these like little bobby pins. I'm going to try those 57 curls in my head tonight. I'm going to try them. I'll take a picture and you'll see how cute it looks. Yes, of course. But yeah, I, I just, there are a lot of things about her I just don't like. And I see her going to Shirley's. Uh, I love that the fact these women wanted to have, um, you know, donations from the husband because he looked like Shirley. You know, he was kind of short and he had that cute round face with dimples. And that's kind of interesting to me. But, of course, he was another, you know, these broads boss these guys around. And, but with her, I don't know. I just, you know, I know Shirley loved her mom, too. She forgave her. And, um, you know, I guess that's that counts for something, but I'm not that crazy about her either. She's not exactly yeah, that cat's meow. That's my thing, but I do have to say, like, I don't like. I think Lillian, in a weird way, was a better mom than Gertrude, but I don't think that Gertrude would have sat there and tried to kill Shirley's first husband, or if Shirley had, you know broken her arm that no, she no, would have refused no, no. Gertrude is not a beast. She, yeah. she has her own thing. She steals her money, which is bad enough, but yeah. Shirley deals with it. Good for her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I put, I'm with you, Lillian, Gertrude, and then, you know, who were we saying? Um, equal Natalie and Mama Rose, and then Ethel Gum. Yes. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> That's the no. story. Definitely. Yes. But we did she it. Is. We did it. We finished our stage months from hell, and we even did a ranking Yay. from the best to the worst. You guys, if you want to do one, come to Two Stories of Tinseltown group page or my Two Stories of Tinseltown Facebook page or... Um, let us know what the rankings are. And Deborah, I want to know what your rankings are and you let us know because we just love doing this. And thank you for the suggestion. And if any of you have any suggestions, contact me and just maybe it'll be a series, a story or whatever. And April, my favorite, my series Mamacita. I love doing these with you. Me too. You are the cat's meow. You're the bee's knees. And you're cool cat. 
mommy o and i just <laughs> loved it how compliments all of them yes so thank you everybody for listening i have gotten a lot of nice feedback about our shows so thank you so much thank you deborah and thank you my dear april and thank you everybody for listening until next time adios bye april Listen to the stories of tinsel.